Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 971 FM Talk. On Demand Audio. Nicholas Wade is with us. He was a science editor way back when uh, for the New York Times from 1990 to 1996. He's written several books, but I um, I saw a piece in the Wall Street Journal about COVID origins, and he also wrote in the City Journal about some of this stuff on the lab leak hypothesis, and it is fascinating. Nicholas Wade, welcome to 97.1 FM Talk in St. Louis. How are you? Uh, thanks, Mark. I'm fine. I was never, you know, a definitive, this came from a lab or this came from, you know, bad. I, I just was one of those people years ago. I didn't know, but I did think that a lot of the questions were valid. And one thing that really struck me in your piece that was in the journal is, and this is kind of right up my alley with some of the stuff that we cover here with media bias. You said, given the mainstream media's sustained inability to report on the issue objectively, I, I think you were basically saying uh, this, this, what you're about to tell my audience probably is not going to be something that is spread out throughout the country and, and resonate right away, right? Uh, that's uh, right. Uh, the evidence in favor of lab leak has simply been ignored. And the stronger it gets, the, uh, the, the more the mainstream media takes no notice of it. Uh, I think it's hard for anyone to admit they've been fooled for four years, but that's what's happened. So what, can you connect some dots here? And one of the things that you wrote about, Nicholas, in the, in the journal is you said, here are some you know, salient facts that have not been clearly reported to um, readers of legacy media, right? Or viewers. That's correct. So what, what, what ha- I don't even know where to start because some of this is very complicated, but you kind of go back to March of 2018, right? Um, yes, that's when um, a, a, a group of um, American and Chinese scientists uh, put in an application to DARPA, that's a, a research agency in the Defense Department, to uh, develop SARS-like viruses um, from SARS-1. That was the cause of an epidemic back in 2002, um, before we ever heard of the present epidemic caused by SARS-2. So what, what, why would they want to do that? What were they trying to do? Uh, they were trying to develop um, uh, vaccines uh, against the possibility mm. that the SARS-1 virus or th- viruses like it might um, sort of become more virulent and and infect uh, soldiers who are in the field. So they hadn't become more virulent yet, so these guys decided to make them more virulent in a lab. And then when they got them, they would be able to make a vaccine against them. It was a totally crazy scheme. But that's what they were doing, and uh, they applied for a 40 million grant to DARPA, but DARPA decided it was too dangerous, okay. and they turned them down. Oh, okay. 
So our no. Pentagon, our Pentagon term, that's the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, what you refer to as DARPA. So they say, no, right. we're not going to do that. So then what happens after that? Well, it looks like uh, the Chinese team, there's a means of collaborating with the American team, but they're also rivals. The Chinese team then saw the, the chance to go ahead on its own. All it had to do, they'd, they'd done all the preparatory work for these rather complicated experiments of juicing up the virus and making it more virulent. So rather than lose that investment, all they had to do was get funding from the Chinese government, and they could have gone right ahead with it. So the DARPA grant was turned down um, about February um, 2019. They, could, they, they would have um, been developing new viruses um, by probably about sort of September 2019, right, right. which is exactly when the epidemic uh, first broke out. That's so right. this explains both the timing and the place of the outbreak. So you, in, in the Wall Street Journal piece, you, you cite um, a report that was done in 2022 by three biologists, uh, Valentin Brutel, and I might be mispronouncing the name, Alex Washburn, Antonios Van Dongen. And they, they, I want you to kind of explain what they say. They think that it was generated in a lab, but then their paper comes out and they're just ripped by, you know, other virologists, right? Yeah, that's just what happened. And they had the idea that, for various reasons, they thought, well, SARS-2 looks to us like a, a synthetic virus. It doesn't come out of nature. It's been made in a lab. So then they thought, well, uh, if we were going to synthesize a virus like that with the sort of methods of the time, how would we have done it? Well, um, they said uh, uh, it, it's a very, it happens to be a very large virus, a very long bit of um, genetic material. They said you would have chopped it into six pieces. You'd have sent each piece out to a, 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 a DNA synthesizing uh, a lab uh, to, uh, to, to, to get the thing together. And then when the six pieces came back, you would have knitted them together in a certain way. So they said that's how we think the virus would have, was, might have been made. So let's look at its structure and see if we can see the, the sort of joins, the, the seams where the six pieces were knitted together. And they said, yes, we can see the seams. Um, uh, and it looks like the virus was made this, this way with a very specific um, biological tool called a restriction enzyme. Uh, and, and they published their paper and they gave their reasons uh, for thinking this was what had happened. So they were lab, lab synthesized, right? Yeah. Right. So they were shouted down by the um, virological establishment who sort of mocked them. Uh, they couldn't get the paper published. And there it just um, uh, sat as a sort of preprint. Uh, now, uh, in last month in January, uh, some very important documents were obtained by an organization called the U.S. Right to Know. Right. And these were FOIA requests, right? They had to do a freedom of information request. Uh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, uh, and these these documents, uh, they were sort of planning documents for this big grant to DARPA. And these planning documents said, we are, we are going to synthesize these viruses in six pieces. And we are going to use a specific restriction enzyme, which is just the one these three authors had predicted. So the, the discovery of these planning documents was quite electrifying because the, the first thing, it... it it seemed to confirm pretty strongly, maybe conclusively, that SARS-2 is a synthetic virus. Yeah, you even quote in the Wall Street Journal piece, you quote a guy by the name of Richard Elbright, who's at uh, Rutgers. He's a molecular biologist. And he said basically that that rises to the level of a smoking gun, that, that information. Right. 
That's what he said. I mean, it's pretty, it, it's pretty conclusive. And the only thing that stops you saying this is absolutely conclusive is that we don't know the starting virus from which they worked. And, and it's, it's, it's uh, significant yet the Chinese authorities have done everything they can to suppress any knowledge of the viruses being worked on at this Wuhan Institute of Virology. If we knew that starting virus, uh, the defuse grant proposal tells us exactly how they were going to manipulate it. And this would have, you know, with the right starting virus, would have, this would have produced a virus exactly the same as SARS-CoV-2. Now, even though we don't know the starting virus, I think many people are going to, when they look at this evidence, I think many people are going to say, well, there's enough evidence here to be pretty, pretty damn sure that that this virus was made in a lab and it came out of the Chinese half of the of the uh, DARPA proposal team. Why do you think there is still? Because again, I, I modern journalism, Nicholas. Don't even get me started. You may have some opinions, but I don't understand why you know this gets shot down as a conspiracy theory from the very beginning, and even now with more and more evidence that is at least, and we've seen people that have come forward and said, "Look, maybe I didn't believe this at first, and now I'm more open to it." But why is uh, journalism so resistant to? Uh, Maybe the truth here is what I would say. I think um, journalists, science journalists especially, are are very much in awe of scientific authorities. So right from the start, the the cover up was masterminded by the uh, head of the NIAID, Anthony Fauci, and his boss uh, Francis Collins. So these guys put their weight behind uh, a very important paper. Uh, written by a group of virologists, which said, oh, there's no way this could have been made in the lab. So this paper they wrote was completely fraudulent and untrue, but nonetheless, it took a long time for people to understand that. Mm. And it's very hard for for journalists, if, if the major virologists in a field are saying X, it's very hard for journalists to say, no, Y is the case. So the, there was very little... Uh, support for looking into the lab leak hypothesis. So the journalists went along with this great sort of cover-up, very adroitly masterminded by Fauci, Collins, and and the virologists who were sort of into it. Uh, And they've never looked back since. Then it was politicized. It became sort of... Political dog. If you're on the left, well, you were against lab leak. You believe the virus right, arose right. naturally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it got broken down that way. But I mean, again, I, I, I was, just, I just want to know the truth. Like, right. Uh, Get more at 971talk.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 